Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Inner Visions of the Inspired Podcast. Tonight, I am going to discuss the global and spiritual impact of one Marcus Garvey. I am so excited to talk about this man as he was a self-innovator, but a self-motivated leader who wants to elevate his people throughout the world, especially in Jamaica and in the United Kingdom. Marcus Garvey is considered to be one of the great leaders of our generation. So everybody sit back, relax, and let's enjoy the wonderful, wonderful podcasting sounds of one Raymond Ricks II, better known as Sunra Ricks II. Let's get it. Let's get it. Let's get it. Good evening, everybody, and welcome back to Inner Visions of the Inspired Podcast. Where obtaining happiness is not everything, but it's the only thing that matters. All right. <clears throat> How's everybody doing this evening? It is a chilly but beautiful night. Here in, excuse me, Hampton, Virginia. Excuse me. Yeah, so um, just sipping on some Diet Coke. Having a lovely time in the living room with my wife. Um, Yes, um, it's a beautiful night. But what I'm going to talk about is one Marcus Garvey. Yes. But I want to make a quick shout out to my wife, Jennifer, and our son, Raymond Ricks III. My two biggest sunshines in my life. They make me so happy. I feel like living life all over again. That's right. But, um, yes, we're going to get into Marcus Garvey. He is uh, born in St. Anne's Bay, Jamaica, in 1887. He was a leader with a lot of pizzazz. He was very charismatic. And he was very brilliant, very bold. He organized the first important American black nationalist movement, which was located in New York City's Harlem. All right. Now, all of his life, he was largely self-taught. He self-taught himself how to do a lot of things. Garvey attended school in Jamaica 
until he was 14 years old. All right. So he was a very smart individual who didn't need a whole lot of help to get to where he needed to get to. Um, He used to, well, he was living in London from uh, 1912 to 1914. But then he returned back to his roots in Jamaica. All right. And when he returned to his roots, he founded the Universal Negro Improvement. All right. Let's see what the Universal Negro Improvement Association is. Primarily in the United States of America, organized and founded by Marcus Garvey, dedicated to racial pride, economic self-sufficiency, and the formation of an independent black nation in the continent of Africa. Though Garvey had founded the UNIA in Jamaica around the year 1914, its influence, the main influence, was through the black neighborhoods of the United States of America, North America, after his arrival in Harlem in New York City in the year 1916. All right. The relationship with Marcus Garvey and the urban poor black people was very close. They were closely knit. All right. Very closely knit. Um, As a matter of fact, he had his run-ins, but mostly his run-ins was with um, W.E.B. Du Bois. Okay. W.E.B. Du Bois, um, who is by far um, more of a leftist. A leftist that was really was a little too critical of Garvey. All right. As I'm reading here, America criticized him as an imposter, particularly after he announced in New York City the founding of the Empire of Africa with himself as provisional president. In turn, Garvey denounced the National Association for the Advancement of Colored People and many black leaders asserting that they sought only assimilation into white society. That is so true. Um, I've been saying that a lot of times. The NAACP was not founded by black people. Did you guys know that? It's founded by a Jewish nation that funded the NAACP to really control black people, to actually put certain black people into a category of one of the elitists, the elitists that were controlled. Um, I want to tell you this. J. Edgar Hoover was 
not only after Malcolm X, but he was after Marcus Garvey. Um, something very similar that I wanted to say. FBI, remember I told you yesterday, the FBI labeled Malcolm X as a schizophrenic who uh, wanted to overthrow the government, even though there was zero proof that Malcolm had any mental issues. In fact, Malcolm was one of the smartest black men in the world. You see, you don't actually have to have a college degree to be one of the smartest men in the world. College degree give people that perception that you are smarter than everybody. But in reality, you just went to school to put yourself into more debt and get you a degree to get accepted to um, the mainstream workplace. And like I said before, that if you are in a mainstream workplace, they control you. You don't have really a say-so, okay? Because say if you want to raise, say if you have been proving yourself a lot to the company, you're giving them new ideas, you're giving them new innovation, you're even giving them a new logo, a new slogan. You've been the backbone of the company for all this time. But yet the company is telling you, well, on this date, we might bump your raise up to uh, maybe a dollar and 50 cents an hour more. You feel like you won. You feel like you have won the race of life. But you see, you have been conditioned I'm telling people you have been conditioned to celebrate these kinds of victories. You've been conditioned that getting your own job and getting your own business is a sinful act of nature. That you're not going to really go places with just your own business they will tell you that you are more likely economically safe working for the man or woman in the marketplace than having your own entrepreneurship. But I must sit here and tell you, if you are self-driven and if you are determined to reach for the sky and be number one. You have to take all risk, even if it means losing everything. That's something that Marcus Garvey has really taught me about. That's right. So let's get into some more with Marcus Garvey. All right. Now, his leadership was cut short around the year 1923 when he was indicted and convicted of fraud in his handling of funds raised to establish a black steamship line. Calvin Coolidge, in the year 1927, President Calvin Coolidge. This was the time where the Great Depression kicked in. And the Great Depression was growing rapidly, rapidly out of 
it was out of control. The Calvin Coleridge pardoned Garvey, but ordered him deported as an undesirable alien. Did you guys know that? Let me read to you a little bit about Calvin Coolidge. All right. Coolidge ascended the presidency after the death of Office of Warren G. Harding, former president. All right. He restored some kind of integrity to the executive branch of the federal government as he continued his conservative pro-business policies of his predecessor. All right. Now, he is a Republican, but Coolidge entered politics as a city councilman in Northampton, Massachusetts in 1998. I mean, I'm sorry, 1898. He was a mayor of Northampton and... He served in Massachusetts state government as senator 1911 to 1915. All right. Well, let's check into the presidency. All right. Shall we? Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. He was famous for being a man of few but well-chosen words despite his reputation. Silent Coolidge, or Cal, as he was called, had a keen sense of humor. It could be talkative in private family settings. All right. But during the time and during... He was very pro-business, which was a plus. All right, it was a major plus. All right. Reflecting in its focus on internal economic growth, the Coolidge administration showed little interest in events outside of the nation's borders. So he's basically a nationalist president. So you would think that as a nationalist president that you would understand Marcus Garvey being a black nationalist. You you would try to understand, right? But you demanded to deport him. Little prejudice situation going on. All right. But Coolidge, he was pro-business, but I wonder, the president who was in charge of the uh, Great Depression. Hold on, everybody. We get some information here. It was, I'm sorry, it wasn't Coolidge, it was Hubert Hoover. All right. The stock market crashed 
inflation was ridiculous. But when Hoover became president in 1929, the stock market was climbing to an unprecedented levels and investors were taking advantage of low interest rates to buy stocks on credit, pushing prices even higher. But in October 1929, the bubble burst and in less than a week, the market dropped by almost half of its recent record highs. Billions of dollars were lost and thousands of investors were ruined. Now this is during the time where Marcus Garvey, you know, started to rose as a prominent leader. All right. Unemployment was getting worse. Hoover created a president's emergency committee for employment to coordinate state and local relief programs and to develop the methods for increasing employment in the private sector. But with no direct control of funding for relief of jobs, PECE had only limited success. The depression was bad. Hoover requested that the Federal Reserve increase credit and he persuaded Congress to transfer agriculture surpluses from the Federal Farm Board to Red Cross for distribution relief agencies. It improved in 1931, but so many banks collapsed in Europe sent new shockwaves throughout the American economy, leading to additional layoffs. Hoover was criticized blatantly for almost every program he proposed. His public works projects designed to create jobs were character characterized as wasteful government spending. And you saw a lot of soup lines increase Homelessness was at an all-time high, and the housing market was a disaster. All right. It was a disaster. It was kind of sickening, as you might put it. All right. Um, Garvey went to America in 1916 and like I said he had the UNIA in Harlem and other principal guilds of the North by 1919 many people in the hood call him Black Moses alright now I'm reading this on the website His newspaper is called The Negro World, told of the exploits of heroes of the race and the splendorous of African culture. He taught that blacks would be respected only when they were economically strong, and he preached an independent black economy within the framework of white capitalism. See, this is what me and this is what my good friend uh, Nefertiti surviving the game in hot damn politics was talking about the importance of black capitalism. You see, Garvey was saying the same thing. In order to rise in power, you have to be economically strong. To be economically strong, you will go places. 
You will be at dinner tables that you never thought you would be invited to. But it's not about that. Because eventually you're going to have your own dinner table. And you'll be the focal point. All right. To forward these ends, he established the Negro Factories Corporation and the Black Star Line, as well as a chain of restaurants and grocery stores, laundries, a hotel, and a printing press. Now, um, I'll put it to you like this. This young man, um, this, well, an elder who I bump into, he was a member of the Nation of Islam Temple 7. He told me that as men, as black men, we should do for ourselves. Meaning, don't wait for anybody to give you anything. You know, you have to figure out a way to money manage and do for yourself. Built a community for yourself. Okay. And he was absolutely right. You see, you become economically free when you do for yourself. All right. Like I said, get a regular job for now, but have your own business to decide. See, the plan is okay just in case the job market crashes, all right? When the job market crashes and um, your job happens to fall victim to the crash, you at least have a backup plan. And that backup plan is your side hustle, which is your capitalism. I don't care what race you are, you need to have a side hustle. You need to have your own capitalism. Without capitalism, you go broke. As that guy from Newsweek says, go woke or go broke. I tell some of y'all conservative colleagues that don't confuse political wokeness with the actual spiritual wokeness. Wokeness is really a spiritual elevation. Yes, it's a spiritual elevation that people use when they see something that is, you know, outside of what other people in society see. But they don't want to talk about that. Do they? I can hear my son hollering a little bit. I love my son. He's 14 months. All right. I want to read this in this website. He reached the height of his power in 1920 when he presided at an international convention all the way in Liberty Hall. And the delegates were from 25 countries. The affair was climaxed by a parade of 50,000 
through the streets of Harlem led by Garvey in a flamboyant array. His shipshod business methods, however, and his doctrine of racial purity and separatism, he even approved of the white racist Ku Klux Klan because it sought to separate the races, brought him bitter enemies among the established black leaders, including leaders like Philip or A. Philip Randolph, but most importantly, W.E.B. Du Bois, who is the main person, the leader of the NAACP. Now, those two have been going at it back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Okay, W.E.B. Du Bois was more liberal. All right. He was for the advancement of colored people. But he wasn't, he really wasn't trying to side with a messiah like Garvey. He feels like a messiah like Garvey was not strategizing right when they were trying to overthrow the government. W.E.B. Du Bois tried to make black people the victim. But Garvey said, you're not the victim. All right, you got to go out, get up, get out, and get your money. Get up, get out, and get your own education. Get up, get out, and do for yourself. That's what his programs were. That's what it was. And that's why Malcolm X respect Marcus Garvey. That's why he was his mentor. That's why he loved, he loved Marcus Garvey so much. Okay. And um, Calvin Coolidge with such disappointment wanted Marcus Garvey to be deported and he was deported all the way to London where he died as an unknown figure but he had a hell of a run as an independent thinker he had a hell of a run as an independent entrepreneur that had plans and try to do for self. But he had a lot of bumps in the road. So he died in 1940. But his spirit, his spirit for black nationalism, his spirit for the Universal Negro Improvement Association, all self-motivated he was about elevating his people he wanted people to like Booker T. Washington to be very self-motivated when you're working a job be self-motivated when you're trying to invest or spend money 
spend money wisely, but use your mind to get to where you need to get to. If you want to be on top, you have to have a sharper mind. And sharper minds think alike. So I must say that I truly respect and honor a great man like Marcus Garvey. He is an inspirational king. He is a man of self-motivation. Self-motivators tend to go the extra mile to succeed. And that's something that I really love about these self-motivated leaders. These self-motivated leaders, they fail and fail and fail and fail and fail miserably so many times. Yet they succeed because they were not afraid to take risks. They're not afraid to lose. But they know once they lose, they come back with plan B and figure out how to win. All right. This is our first segment. We are going to go to our second segment in just a few moments. So don't go anywhere. Because Inner Visions of the Inspired will be right back with some more hot tracks. Let's get it. Hey everybody, welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. Here I am going to give you some closing arguments and I might go a little bit off topic now as I tell people I am an advocate for entrepreneurship I am an advocate for people doing for themselves alright remember when I had that episode about when um, employers were You know, employers who were um, so stressed out that they need to, you know, resign because it was getting so bad for them health-wise. I've had that episode. It was sometime last year. Well, I came to the conclusion, if it is very, very bad, then yes, leave, but I advise you to try to at least find something. Even if even if it's like digging a ditch or something convenient. Because nobody, and I mean nobody, wants to work in a company that will treat them like dirt. That the negative gossip about you is so bad that you have to go talk to human resources. If that doesn't work, then you talk to your bosses. That don't work. But then your boss becomes part of the gossiping team. Then you want to flip out and go off. But before you do that, you have to go 
check yourself into the emergency room. It's, no job is worth it. No damn job is worth it. <coughs> Excuse me. I'm sorry, y'all. Did I burp? <laughs> I'm sorry. But, yeah, no job is worth losing your life over. I don't care how much money that you make. So if you have to, you have to. But I advise, if you are trying to get an education, if you're trying to get the car that you truly desire, that identifies with you, if you're trying to get that house of your dream with good credit, you want to give that all into consideration before you walk away from a job. Now, if it gets bad, then by all means, get out of there. Because I had a similar situation that has taken place at a hospital that I used to work at. It was not a good experience. And people, certain employees told me to move on. And I say, no, y'all stop mistreating people. All right. Companies need to be careful how they treat their employees. All right. Y'all might not realize it, but it can affect their mental health. It can actually traumatize them to the point where they want to self-inflict themselves. And you'll be like, oh, they're weak. They're weak. No, actually, you are weak. You are weak with your bullying. You are weak with your narcissistic ways. You are the biggest reason why the job market is crashing and people want to have their own business. So I tell people, there is more benefit to having your own business than working under somebody in the mainstream corporate workplace. Okay, the corporate workplace, they will give you benefits. Okay, they might give you an award here and there. But you will never, ever be free. You won't be free from the rules. And you're not going to be economically free. I don't give a damn if you are a CEO of a company. I don't give a damn if you are a president of a company. You're not economically free. Entrepreneurs, their job is harder. It's hard being an entrepreneur than working in a company. But the rewards and benefits of being an entrepreneur is a thousand times greater than working under a company. Just ask Marcus Garvey. Just ask Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Just ask the late, great Kobe Bryant. And just ask Malcolm X. Thank you.
How did they do it? How were they able to become free? How? How? And how? Even if they took their own lives, how? And why? Sky is the Sky is the limit for entrepreneurs. Okay, sky is the limit. Your economic and financial potential is unlimited. Is unlimited. You can make. I know. I know. There's businesses where a lady doing ads would make. 36000 a month and she's an entrepreneur now she has to stay up late there were sleepless nights there were times where she couldn't get any sleep because she has to keep her business afloat you know your your business might be 8 in the morning to 10 o'clock at night But your financial operations still keep going 24-7. The books, the statistics, the data, 24-7. Never stops. It never, ever, ever stops. But you know one thing? You will have... If you play your cards right, if you, if you meet up with certain clientele's, if you rack up a lot of clientele's, your business and your financial situation is going to be very lucrative. More lucrative than you can ever imagine. Okay. So don't ever, ever, ever be discouraged of becoming an entrepreneur. Don't ever, ever be discouraged about starting your own business. Don't ever, ever be discouraged about accomplishing something that you want to do. Let the small-minded people talk. It's your life. It's your dream. It's your destiny that's on the line. Are you going to listen to the small-minded people that is trying to keep you down at a certain level and play it safe or are you going to take that risk and follow what's in your heart what's in your mind and elevate and take that risk to elevate your brand to the highest of mountains to where you're the best and as Ric Flair says to be the best you have to be the best there's no competition. The only competition you have to deal with is yourself. And on that note, this is Inner Vision saying thank you. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in. Got to give a couple of quick shout outs. First to my parents, um, Sophia Vaughn and Raymond Rick Sr. I love you too so much. DJ Hustleman. 
what's going on. Special shout out to you. Special shout out goes out to Socorro Jones, an award winning actress. She was nominated for an award for her performance. I forgot the name of the movie, but I got to check it out. It is fantastic. She is now starring in Dharma. Yes. Congratulations to um, Karma's Paradise LLC. Please go show her some love and support along with the Kiki channel. Um, Kiki, I keep calling her Kiki channel. It's Kiki Chanel. God damn it. I keep, I keep messing up. Shoot. Well, anyways, back to the shout outs, shall we? Beautiful Siasia, Kush Nubit, um, my conscious kings and queens, much love to you. I want to give a special shout out to Hungary. Yes, Hungary. The whole the I just found out this country. A lot of people are listening to my podcast, and I want to say thank you. Dearly from the bottom of my heart, Hungary, y'all rock. Y'all rock and roll. Y'all represent tonight. Much love to all of you. Much love to California, to Los Angeles, all the way to Van Nuys in Oakland. Tacoma, Washington, Caldwell, Idaho. Charleston, South Carolina, Meriden, Mississippi, Donaldson, Arkansas, um, St. Paul, Minnesota, Somerset, Kentucky, Charlotte, North Carolina, that's right, Huntington Station, New York, Detroit, Michigan. My people's up in Detroit. What's going on? Y'all make the finest movies in the world. Please check out Dennis Reed. Please support Beasley Jones. They direct and create the finest films that black indie movies has ever seen. They're the best as far as black indie films. Check that out. But most importantly, I got to give a special shout out to my good friend, Miss Melba Moore. Thank you so much for the love and support, friend. I love you so much. Deep down, I totally, totally love you, Miss Melba Moore. I love you very much. Inner Vision supports you. That's my buddy, Melba Moore. Um, She's going to be in the Hollywood Walk of Fame 2023. So congratulations to Ms. Melba Moore. Yes. um, Big Cam Jones over in Puerto Rico. My, My good friend, Big Cam Jones. I love you, brother. He was my first interview, something that I will never, ever forget. 
as a uh, podcaster, as now who is in the media. I never thought I would ever be a part of a media. Never in my wildest dreams that I would be, become a part of the media. But I am a part of the good media. All right, not the media that is going to create trash. So I'm about promoting good press, not negative press. If y'all looking for negative press, this isn't the show. And I'm not the guy. Sorry to say. I'm not a gossiping channel. I'm about uplifting people. I'm about helping people obtain happiness. That's my goal. All right. So much love to you, Cam Jones. Angela Means, my good friend. Chef Angela Means, one of the greatest vegan chefs in the world. Much love to you. Much love, my best friend, Angela. Angela Means. Comedian Angela Means. Felicia Friday Angela Means, my good friend. I love you. I love you so much. I love you. And much love to John Sally, too. Much love, brother. But I got to give a special shout out to one of the greatest blog talk radio hosts to ever come on the face of the earth. My conservative friend, but one of the smartest ladies up in the room. Y'all give it up for Miss Dawn Nicoleone, everybody. Dawn Nicoleone. Give it up. Give it up. Give it up. Special shout out to Dawn Nicoleone. One of the hottest blog talk radio shows. The Dawn Nicoleone Show. Now, it has been on hiatus. I do not know when she is coming back. I can't say she is coming back anytime soon. I don't know when. I hope it's very soon, but I wouldn't be surprised if she doesn't come back. You have to get with Dawn with that. Um, Hot Damn Politics has been on a little hiatus, but I'm thinking it's going to come back very soon because Nefertiti, she has other business ideologies that she is cooking up. These ladies rock. All right. Um, special shout out to Cliff Lowry, Michael Davenport, um, who I used, to, who I actually used to go to school with them. Very awesome individual. Um, Sister Zena, Aristogal 2020, Miss um, Hudson, Boss Lady, Natura 360. Much love to the WGAG family. Much love to all of you. And Big Sav. We can't forget about Big Sav and Twink Star. Double R. So until next time, everybody. Love, peace, soul, and world peace all around. Much love.